DiscerningHearts.com, in cooperation with the Oblates of the Virgin Mary, presents the Second Week Rules for the Discernment of Spirits, an Ignatian Guide to a Greater Discernment of Spirits, with Father Timothy Gallagher. Father Gallagher is a member of the Oblates of the Virgin Mary. He is featured on several series found on the Eternal Word television network. He's also the author of numerous books on the spiritual teachings of St. Ignatius of Loyola and the Venerable Bruno Lanteri, as well as other works focused on aspects of the spiritual life, including Spiritual Consolation, the book on which this series is based. The Second Week Rules for the Discernment of Spirits, an Ignatian Guide to a Greater Discernment of Spirits, with Father Timothy Gallagher. So welcome back, and we're going to continue with uh, Rule 6. I want to back up just briefly to fill out just a little bit more of the, the story of Kathy, and then we'll just uh, pick right up with what we've been doing with Rule 6. So what we've done together is we've looked at, with in terms of Kathy and the inner city school, how this first arose as she was praying with Luke 4.18. And then we chronicled her first five meetings with Father Mark. And then I just had a skip to meeting seven. So let's fill it in just a little bit. And um, without going into too much detail, let's say that when they have their sixth meeting, Father Mark notices that the signs of both objective and subjective or heart-level diminishment um, continue to be present and even show an increase. Now, as we've been saying, these are not going to be clamorous or loud um, or so obvious that you can't miss them. This is the much attention that Ignatius uh, speaks of with the generous people who love God in the second spiritual situation, being tempted under the appearance of good. So signs of objective diminishment, maybe Kathy says something like, uh, you know, if I do go to that inner city school, the commute will be shorter and I may finally begin to have time for some other projects I've long wanted to address at home or in, in, um, in other ways. And then maybe heart-level diminishment, uh, Father Mark just notices that although the essential peace in the Lord and dedication to her students in the suburban school remains, he is seeing increasing signs of, um, oh, just lessened patience or um, generosity. And the same things are just a little bit more burdensome for her um, in a way that he did not hear in their meetings before well, five, six meetings back before this new idea of the inner city school arose. So as meetings three, four, five, and six have proceeded, Father Mark is getting uh, a little bit more of a sense that we may have signs of the diminishment of the enemy in this. And then let's say that in their seventh meeting, those signs become even a little bit more evident to the point where uh, Father Mark is now quite clear that uh, there is both an objective and subjective, that is, affective diminishment in Kathy as this process goes along, so that the uh, discernment is becoming quite clear. Now, let's say that in the meeting seven, in that same meeting seven, Kathy comes and with goodwill and only wanting to love and serve the Lord uh, as generously as she can, says to Father Mark, you know, I really think that God is calling me to leave the suburban school and uh, and to go to the inner city school as a step in greater generosity and more close communion with Jesus himself, who lived in such poverty and simplicity and loved the poor in this way. 
Now, at this point, Father Mark is going to point out to her the signs of the diminishment and explain to her the significance of them. Probably they've done some talking along these lines earlier, but Father Mark wisely has not tried to go more quickly than the unfolding of the course of thoughts has permitted. And at this point, with his help, she realizes it and she sees it. I can't say too often, there's no shame in uh, needing to go through this process and not seeing it clearly for a time. And as we're portraying this process, both Kathy and Father Mark are doing their parts exactly in the way Ignatius would hope. And so no harm is going to come to Kathy uh, through this. So Kathy now perceives that this end, so in her case, seven months into the process, Patricia, maybe five weeks and so forth, uh, the signs of diminishment reveal that this consolation with preceding cause and the thoughts of the inner city school uh, are, have been and are of the enemy attempting to tempt her as an angel of light under the appearance of good. All right, this is exactly the situation, the context for Rule 6. And now Father Mark, as a good spiritual director, is going to apply Rule 6 and invite Kathy to go back over what happened during those seven months, and very likely with the help of her journal, which is another reason why journaling in a time of discernment like this is so valuable. And now in the light of what she sees from the perspective of the end, go back over the middle, the little by little, the gradual unfolding, so that she can really learn from this experience for the future, and that that learning will bless her And you can see this. If she does this, if the enemy tries something like this again with her in some analogous way, she's obviously going to be alert much more quickly. And let's remember how Ignatius told us in Annotation 10 that the enemy commonly attempts, tempts under the appearance of good when a person is in the second spiritual situation. So serenely, uh, she can expect that the enemy may try this again in some way. But having learned because she's reviewed the steps of the little by little, she is going to be well positioned to pick it up all the more quickly. So Kathy goes into the chapel uh, with her journal or in her room, some quiet place, and unhurriedly now, prayerfully with the Lord, she goes back over the seven months of this course of the thoughts, the beginning, the middle, and the end, with a special focus on the middle and the little-by-little unfolding of this course of thoughts. She goes back over this, and now she sees clearly the progression. You know, the inner-city school, Hispanic, this particular school. Uh, She sees the gradual, what she didn't see in the time, in the moment itself, the objective diminishment, the uh, increasing loss of peace and quiet of heart as this is going on. She sees all of that clearly now, and she learns from this. Now, let's note, Rule 6 presumes that the person has been temporarily fooled by the enemy as an angel of light. You can already tell me what's going to show next on the screen and what I'm going to say next. There is no shame in this. Any person in the second spiritual situation may well be tempted uh, under the appearance of life and temporarily fooled by this. There's no shame. There's no harm in that provided that a a sound process of discernment is undertaken, as we see with Kathy and with Father Mark. So the fact that Patricia, let's presume in each case that the consolation in thought is of the enemy. The fact that Patricia, for some weeks, 
pursues the thought of working with the refugees. There's no shame in that. Uh, she has only the best will in the world to do what the Lord is truly asking of her, and she simply doesn't have clarity yet. The same with Charles and the young, the same with Kathy over these months, as we've been saying, the same with Barbara, as she, may, uh, as she feels the consolation with regard to the increasing simplification of her life. The fact that for a time, these people are temporarily unclear and think that the new thought and consolation may in fact be from God, there's no shame and there's no harm in that, presuming again that the process of discernment takes place. And as I think I said last time, Ignatius gives us rule five, discernment according to the signs of the end, and rule six, learning from the little by little descent of the middle, precisely because he expects this to happen, that good people who sincerely love the Lord and only want his will, when they are tempted by the enemy under the appearance of good, may for a time not see clearly, and may even, in fact, um, be thinking that this is truly God's voice, and this is where God is leading. No shame and no harm in that. That's the, precisely the reason why Ignatius gives us rule five and six. So, in this case, Mark, Father Mark and uh, Kathy, the tactic of the enemy has been discovered before any harm is done. Kathy does not leave her school, and in the other cases, Charles goes on with liturgy and finance, and the, prayer, the, the parish continues to flourish. Patricia works with the parish poor, and a new program, which will bless many in the parish, begins and develops. And Barbara does not push too hard, so that her love for the Lord's simplicity and poverty of life actually now in the way that she lives it strengthens her in the way that God intends, and the harm is avoided. As I said before, you'd think that at this point the enemy has been defeated, and uh, let's move on. But Ignatius wants to gain all the benefit that can be gained from this experience. Now that we've seen this process, the beginning, and especially now have clarity about the unfolding of the middle, Ignatius invites us to use this experience against the enemy. Review it, learn from it, so for the future we'll see more quickly and more clearly. When should this review of the little by little be done? So in their seventh meeting, Father Mark helps Kathy to see clearly that this end is of the enemy. When should she do this review? And Ignatius says this should be done immediately. It profits the person who was led astray in this way by him to look immediately at the course of the good thoughts that he brought. So when this is all very fresh, uh, right at the person's spiritual fingertips, this is the time to do the review. So Father Mark is going to invite Kathy as soon as she gets a chance, maybe later that day, the next day, as soon as she gets time to sit down and do the review that Ignatius proposes in Rule 6. We'll return to the Second Week Rules for the Discernment of Spirits with Father Timothy Gallagher in just a moment. Did you know that Discerning Hearts has a free app in which you can find all your favorite Discerning Hearts programming? Father Timothy Gallagher, Dr. Anthony Lillis, Deacon James Keating, Mike Aquilina, Dr. Matthew Bunsen, and so many more are found on the Discerning Hearts free app. Did you also know that you can stream Discerning Hearts programming on numerous streaming platforms such as Apple Podcasts, 
Google Play, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and so many more. And did you know that Discerning Hearts also has the YouTube page? Be sure to check out all these different places where you can find Discerning Hearts. A Prayer of St. Ignatius of Loyola Take, Lord, and receive all my liberty, my memory, my understanding, and my entire will, all that I have and call my own. You have given all to me. To you, Lord, I return it. Everything is yours. Do with it what you will. Give me only your love and your grace. That is enough for me. Amen. Hello, my name is Deacon Omar Gutierrez, and I want to ask you to support Discerning Hearts in a special way. We, Chris McGregor, the board, and I all know that not everyone listening can help financially. We know we have listeners from all parts of the world, and we have made a commitment since the beginning to make the truths shared through Discerning Hearts totally free. So while you may not be able to contribute financially, what you can do is certainly pray, but also give us positive reviews on whatever platform you use to listen to us. If it's iTunes, Android, Stitcher, Spotify, however it is that you get these podcasts, or if you're on YouTube and you like our videos, please give us a good rating and write a review. The more good ratings and reviews we get, the higher our profile, and the more listeners will discover us, listeners who may have the means to contribute in the future. Please consider rating us and writing a positive review today. We now return to the second week rules for the discernment of spirits with Father Timothy Gallagher. So examine the middle. And this is the course of the good thoughts and the little by little descent. That's specifically what the person is uh, going to focus on in this review. Now, the person knows that the enemy brought him or her to a bad end. Meeting seven, Father Mark and Kathy. What the person doesn't yet know at this point is how the enemy brought him or her to that bad end. And it's the goal of rule six to see clearly the how. If you go back to the language of the rule, that's exactly the word Ignatius uses. Review how the enemy brought him or her to this um, gradual, small, unperceived in the moment, step-by-step descent that led to the end, uh, which was then discerned at that point. So the, the focus here is how the enemy did this, by what steps, by what progression, by what one thing leading to the next thing, as one thought gave rise to another thought, or one space of the heart opened the heart uh, more, more widely to a furthering of let's say the impatience and so forth that we've mentioned earlier. And all of this is done with the future in mind. This is always Ignatius. We look back over spiritual experience for the sake of what lies ahead. So that with such an experience known and noted, he, or in Kathy's case, she may guard himself in the future from his customary deceits. So that should the enemy attempt a similar tactic in the future, the person these persons are going to be prepared. 
This is actually a very packed little uh, part of the rule. So I'm just going to unpack it a little bit. So that with such an experience known and noted, he may guard himself in the future from his customary deceits known. That is, the person now sees it clearly. The person knows it, has kind of possesses it in terms of understanding. The person sees how one step led to the other in the little by little descent of the middle. And noted, that is uh, expressed, expressed in words as the person journals and expressed in words as the person meets with his or her spiritual director. So that with such an experience known and noted, really possessed, uh, learned, assimilated, taken to heart, clearly understood, with such an experience known and noted, he may guard himself in the future from his, the enemy's, customary deceits. And let's just note this word customary, which is to say that the enemy, when he attempts under the appearance of good, will have habitual patterns of doing this with each individual person in accord with that individual person's specific talents, desires, character, life experience, loves, fears, and so forth. The enemy will have a customary way of doing this with each person. And the review um, proposed in the sixth rule will help us get a hold of how he customarily works with me or with this person, Kathy, how she can expect the enemy customarily or habitually to work with her when he attempts to uh, tempt her under the appearance of good. Let's go, uh, Patricia, for example, who has such a warm, loving heart and whose heart expands in concern and care and a desire to help wherever there is suffering in people's lives. Very, it's, it's unlikely that the enemy is going to attempt to tempt her under the appearance of good, let's say, as I think I mentioned earlier, to get a, go back and get a doctorate and to teach uh, in a university. That will not be something that the enemy will very likely attempt with Patricia. If the enemy attempts to tempt her under the appearance of good, his customary approach is very likely to be towards some loving service and help to people who are in very much uh, in, in very evident need, but a need that God is not asking her to meet because God is asking her to meet other needs where greater good will happen in the church and for her. Barbara who is, as we said, um, so disciplined, so used to, um, she's the athlete who's used to this kind of discipline and whose heart is, is so warmed by imitating Jesus and his simplicity of life. It's very unlikely that the enemy is going to attempt to tempt her under the appearance of good to rise and make a name for herself in the corporate world, for example. So the, 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 a review that Ignatius is proposing in Rule 6 will help each person, and this is individual for each person, to get a hold of and know and note the, the, the customary ways that the enemy is likely to operate when he attempts to tempt him or her under the appearance of good. Through the review, we discern future temptations under the appearance of good, we're going to discern these more quickly. And just to uh, play that out graphically, in the seven-month seven scenario of Kathy and her meetings with Father Mark that we just described, Kathy discerns according to the signs of the end, with Father Mark's help, obviously. If she does the review 
that Ignatius proposes in Rule 6, another time that the enemy may attempt his customary tactics of tempting her under the appearance of good, now that she sees and she has known and noted the steps of the little by little in the progression of the middle, the next time she's going to catch it sooner. It won't be seven months into it, but it's going to be earlier the next time. And if the enemy attempts this again, and Kathy again, with Father Mark's help, sees it, does this review, it's going to get sooner and sooner in the process. And that's where Ignatius wants to lead us in Rule 6. That's the benefit from the review of the progression of the middle by middle, middle uh, of the little by little of the middle. All right, kind of a tongue twister there. That's the goal. That's the purpose of this review. So Ignatius tells us in Rule 6, we should give much attention. And as I've indicated repeatedly, Ignatius doesn't use superfluous words. We should not only pay attention, but give much attention. In the first set of rules, Ignatius supplies many tools, a wide variety of tools for rejecting the enemy's discouraging lies and spiritual desolation. So prayer of petition, the meditation he speaks of in Rule 6, uh, don't make changes, Rule 5, Rule 13, speak with uh, a wise and competent spiritual person, and so forth. In the second set of rules, to reject the enemy's temptations under the appearance of life essentially comes down to this tool, if we want, to increase awareness, give much attention, be watching what's happening in your heart and thoughts as the process of discernment unfolds after the beginning of consolation with preceding cause and the new thoughts. The key tool is to reject, is to increase awareness of the enemy's consolations. And so this involves the classic means, review of prayer, the examine, sharing with director, the things we've been speaking about all along. And as one author says it, in the second spiritual situation, to reject is above all to discover. Because these people really love the Lord. All they want is God's will. And if they are pursuing the consolation and thoughts of the enemy towards something that is not God's will, it's only because they don't know it yet. They haven't discovered that. And therefore, in the moment in which Kathy, for example, now understands that the thought of the inner city project is not of God, but is of the enemy. In that moment itself, the enemy is undone. Kathy Kathy absolutely rejects it because all she wants is God's will. All she wants to do is what God wants. And so in the second spiritual situation, to reject the enemy's temptations under the appearance of good for these people essentially comes down to discovering it, seeing it clearly, uh, discovering that this is the enemy uh, operating as an angel of light. Some quotes from St. Bernard, who speaks about this very tactic of the enemy. For the enemy to be seen is to perish. Everything we've been saying. Once, that is, the enemy's temptations under the appearance of good, once they are recognized, they can do no harm. In a way, that's everything that Ignatius is guiding us to in this second set of rules. Okay, and then finally, one more piece in this last part of Rule 6. Ignatius speaks about, with such an experience known and noted, he can guard himself for the future and so forth. An experience. What does it mean to have experience in the spiritual life? What happens, because things are happening for all of us in the spiritual life. There's things going on in our hearts and in our thoughts. This is ongoing for every one of us. 
but it only becomes an experience in the sense that Ignatius means when we review it and we learn from it with such an experience known and noted. Now it's an experience which is going to bless us for the future. And that kind of review takes place through personal review, as we've been saying, the examine review of prayer, and then conversation with a wise and competent director. So rule six, review and learn the enemy's apparent reasons, subtleties, and persistent fallacies, uh, the way Ignatius alerted us to in the first rule. And this is their setting in the middle, the little by little. See them in the little by little and in this person's experience, because the enemy's customary deceits will be tailored to the particular talents and so forth of the individual person, as we've been saying. All right, beginning, middle, and end. In Rule 5, Ignatius helps us to discern by the end. And as I said, he begins with what's clearest, because the longer the enemy's tack goes on, uh, tactic goes on, the clearer the discernment becomes, because the enemy can begin in imitation of the good spirit with spiritual consolation and good and holy thoughts. But because the enemy's goal is to lead the person away from what God truly wants, the more this unfolds in the little by little of the middle, if we are attentive, the clearer it's going, the more signs we're going to see as to whether this is of the good spirit, there's no diminishment at all, either objective or subjective, or on the contrary, we see signs of objective and or subjective diminishment. They're small, as we say, but we watch the trend, we see them repeat, we see them slightly increasing, and the point comes when we have the clarity that we need that, in this case, this is of the enemy. So that's why Ignatius begins in Rule 5 with uh, the end, because that's where the discernment is the clearest, because it's unfolded the most at this point. In Rule 6, presuming now that we have discerned by the end and we have clarity, Ignatius now helps us to learn how to discern in the middle, getting a hold of the step-by-step progression of the middle. Now a question remains, is it possible to discern in the beginning? Is it possible to discern these deceptions of the enemy tempting under the appearance of life when they first present themselves in the very beginning. Is there a way that Patricia could discern that it is of the enemy when the thought of the refugees and the consolation with preceding cause first come to her at that Sunday Mass? Is there a way that Deacon Charles can discern that the thoughts of serving the young and the spiritual consolation that occur, that... um, the companion, uh, accompany them. When these first arise, is there a way that he can discern that these are of the enemy? Is there a way that Kathy, when she prays with Luke 4, 18, and for the first time the thought of the inner city school arises filled with warm consolation, is there a way that in that moment itself she could discern whether this is of the good spirit or of the enemy? This is the question that Ignatius is going to address in Rule 7. Now, a few things about discernment in the beginning. If it's possible, obviously the benefit will be great. The middle and the end will never happen at all. Kathy will not ever have to go through those seven months or even three or four of those months. 
It will be clear right in the very beginning. We also need to say that if it's going to be possible to discern in the very beginning, this is going to be very refined discernment. In point of fact, rule seven leads us to the most refined point of discernment in the two sets of rules. It will be the most refined because any of the signs that appear in the middle and the end, none of these will be available. None of that has happened. Father Gallagher will continue the teachings from Conference Talk 6 in our next episode. You've been listening to The Second Week Rules for the Discernment of Spirits, an Ignatian Guide to a Greater Discernment of Spirits with Father Timothy Gallagher. To hear and or to download the podcast version of this conference, visit discerninghearts.com or you can find it within the free Discerning Hearts app. To view Father Gallagher's video presentation of this conference, visit discerninghearts.com or the Discerning Hearts YouTube channel. This has been a production of Discerning Hearts in cooperation with the Oblates of the Virgin Mary. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We hope that if this has been helpful for you, that you will first pray for our mission. And if you feel us worthy, consider a charitable donation, which is fully tax-deductible, to help support our efforts. But most of all, we hope that you will tell a friend about DiscerningHearts.com and join us next time for The Second Week Rules for the Discernment of Spirits, an Ignatian Guide to a Greater Discernment of Spirits with Father Timothy Gallagher.